Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome one and all. Welcome. I brought a bag of serums today. Oh, yes, you did. (laughs) I did. It's a very big bag. I wish I could weigh it because it probably weighs about 10 pounds. You could weigh it. Maybe, wait. I'm going to pass this bag to you, Dory. Yes. How much do you... There's also like hair products and stuff in there, but okay. how much do you think that weighs? Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is at least 10 pounds. I'm going to do some bicep curls. <laughs> this bag of products. Yeah, I bought a beautiful bag of products today. Yeah, because later in the episode, we are going to be talking about... Just kind of where we are. Where we're at with... Uh, well, in product land. In product land, USA. <laughs> the United States of serums? No, that would be wrong. That would be USS. That would be the USS serum. <laughs> We're sailing away on the USS Serum. <laughs> on a sea of hyaluronic acid. Ooh, sounds mm, luscious. right, right? Really <laughs> yeah. hydrating your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dory, how's your week going over there? You know, 
my week is going pretty okay. Because you've been purging up a storm. Purging up a storm. And I gotta say, I look in my closet now mm. and it calms me. Which is not how I feel when I look in my closet. I'm so jealous. It is very weird. <laughs> um, and my dresser also calms me. How did it feel to actually let go of things that you kind of had been clinging to because they felt like too nice to get rid of or you kept telling yourself you were going to one day use them or wear them? You know, it felt great. Oh, yeah. No regrets. None so far. You know, I think I think a lot of the stuff and so I did the con my husband, and I did the condo method where you take everything out. Ugh everything this is we should say marie kondo who wrote the book the life-changing life magic, magic of tidying, tidying up. up okay who also has, now has a netflix who now show. has a netflix show so everyone has been rediscovering her methods uh, my mom saw her on good morning america and cleaned out her closet it's amazing marie kondo is so convincing it's like oh yes. you just see her once and you're like well time to purge totally well you know it's funny because i like i never bought the book i was never that excited by it and then I saw her on TV for like five seconds and I was like, oh, yes, she's right. <laughs> she's so delightful. Um, anyway, so, you know, in all of my purges, I had never actually done that. I'd never taken everything so you out. you actually can see in a physical way what is in there. Yes, what is in there. And you're really going through everything. Ugh. And her her kind of philosophy is you're focusing more on what you're keeping, not what you're getting rid of. Oh, interesting. And and it's, it's a lot a about subtle narrative shift, which you love, if you will, you love a reframe. I love a reframe. And it actually helps. Well, and also I, I do think, um, you know, she talks about like, does this item bring me joy? It's a it, she says, does this item spark, spark joy? joy? Yes. And, you know, people kind of make fun of this. Sure. But I think in a way it is actually helpful um, because there were a few things it, because usually when I purge, my only question is, have I worn this recently? Not does it spark joy, but have I worn this recently? And and I took that question out of the equation. And did you shift to the sparking of joy? Yes. And it was interesting because a lot of the things that I kept are things that I do wear a lot. But there were a few things that I kept that I don't wear a lot, but I looked at them and I picked them up and I thought, I love this dress or I love this pair of shoes and it does, this does spark joy for me and I'm going to keep it. Wow. So is that why I saw you maybe last week and you were in shoes I'd never seen before? And I, I was like, are those new? And you're like, actually, I've had them for a while. They were like cute little pink sneaks. Oh, yes. My tree torns. Yeah. Did you come upon those and realize they sparked joy? Well, I had started wearing them a few weeks ago before this whole process began. Um, but yeah, so they weren't like a recent discovery, discovery, if you will. But um, no, it was the whole thing was just really helpful. And also... I think that helped me get rid of a lot of the stuff that has just been sort of living in the back of my closet for like 10 years. Like yeah. a lot of the stuff was old and I was like, this, this doesn't spark joy for me anymore. I'm not the person who bought this dress anymore. Isn't that weird how you change? And yeah, I, I look at old like clothes. I, I'm holding on to this one dress that my mom bought me in like 2003. I don't know why I'm clinging to it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I'm not that person who like every time I try it on, well, I mean, I can barely fit into it now, but it's, I'm like, this isn't me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I kept, I have a dress that I bought in eighth grade. I actually have a couple clothes like that too. Yeah. And I, and you know what? I was like, I'm going to keep this. Cause it sparked that joy. It sparked that joy. Um, so that's been great. And Matt also has been doing it and cleared out a lot of stuff and his closet got more organized. And I don't know, we're just, we're starting to feel good. We're trying to kind of declutter and get rid of stuff to prepare for the baby. Um, yeah. So that, that's been kind of what's been going on over here. How about you? Well, Dory, in the notes for this episode, I wrote, have I found my Maisie Dobbs? I got very excited. <laughs> Except in my Maisie Dobbs is about fairy fighters who are fighting a war in some sort of <laughs> alternate universe. Now, Kate, you mentioned them last week. I can't stop talking about it. I'm so you've moved on to another book I'm in the now series. In, there's a series of, I believe, seven books. Okay. It is the Throne of Glass book series yes. by Sarah J. Mass Moss. And I am now in book four. And this has only been about like two weeks. So I'm You're I'm tearing through them. I'm doing the thing where like I now only exist in this world. Mm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. am I almost a half demi-fay assassin? Possibly I mean, with powers be. of fire. Uh, Dory, I'm so, in- I'm so involved. I'm so into it. I love it. And I'm starting to get the feeling of like, I'm scared when this is going to be yeah, over. Yeah, But isn't it, isn't it so great to just give yourself over to a book like that? It is, but it's almost like falling in love where you're like, I know this is going to end bad. This is going to end. And do I make myself vulnerable and fall in love with you book? Only knowing that one day this is going to come to an end and I'm going to have to find love again. <laughs> Yeah, but I think there's something really powerful in opening yourself up to the possibility of love. You're loving in a way that you didn't know you were capable of. I didn't know I could love. I, I've just, I, it's just such a good escape. It's so soothing. I love the adventure. I just love the romance. And also, this is really like hitting all of oh, your. <laughs> it's tapping everything. Yes. And I will say, this author is merciless in terms of like, can't like, it's kind of almost games game of thrones it sounds like game of thrones like people you don't think are gonna die are just like all of a sudden they aren't around anymore and people who were in love are not well you know i think it's good to practice non-attachment well god <laughs> if that's what this is about then that's right but i'm i'm really just enjoying it i've had a lot of wonderful dialogue with people over instagram about it i now uh, creepily looked at the audiobook narrator's instagram because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, going back and forth. Anyway, I talk about this book in every episode. I've got to stop. Or do you? Or do I? Should I we? Mean, try? I talked about Maisie Dobbs for like three months. It's become a pillar of this <laughs> podcast. Indeed. It's a detective in the 1920s. <laughs> um, so other than that, Dory, you know what? I kind of went back to meal planning this week. Mm-hmm. My husband was out of town for three days. Uh, I was feeling a little re-energized after the holidays. And I tried to plan I, I on Sunday um, both my children went to play dates at other people's homes oh the dream it was like a fucking vacation and my husband had left for New York City that oh. morning so I was alone with the dog oh. and I like cooked chicken in the instant pot I roasted potato mm. I was just like 
prepping away. I made our meal. It was it was so weirdly productive too. Normally, I'm not particularly productive as a person, mm. but I just was like, I'm on fire. Yeah. So I made this meal plan. And what I'm trying to do is find things that like I want to eat that my kids want to eat. It's a constant journey. I had one really successful meal. What was it? Um, I made steak, mm -hmm. green beans, and then I cut up russet potatoes and like baked them into like kind of steak fry. Ooh, yum. And my kids were like, and I like these. And then they ate them all. Um, <laughs> and they loved that meal. And then last night I made garlicky shrimp with rice. Ooh. That was rejected. Okay. I liked it. All right. So, but I'm, I'm just trying to kind of find things that we can, like a middle ground. And the other thing is that I am kind of doing like my own made up whole 30-ish. Uh-huh. I did just have a cup of coffee with heavy cream in it here oh, at your you sure home. Did. So I'm obviously not sticking to the tenets of non-dairy, but I am just trying to like eat some foods that are making me feel good. But you know what? I feel like if you're going to have dairy, it's better to have full fat mm, dairy. And I love full fat dairy. You know, I could go on a whole sidebar about how we have all been brainwashed by the skim, by big skim milk. <laughs> big skim. <laughs> by big skim. Big bidet and big skim. Skim milk is a scam. It's just water. Here's the thing. Whole milk is 3% fat. Okay. Skim milk is zero. Then you have 1% and 2%. Mm -hmm. You're saying you can't have 3% fat? Calorie-wise, it's not that much of a difference. And skim milk has so much sugar in it. Skim milk is not healthy, people. Stop drinking skim milk. You have all been brainwashed by big skim you milk. You have been brainwashed by big skim. <laughs> Drink whole milk. <laughs> oh, my gosh, guys. Uh, I've I, also been eating um, Faye yogurts. Mm, the whole you, milk version is so they much make better. Five percent. That's the one I always get because it tastes so it's much delicious. better. And again, like not that I really look at calories or care about calories, but I know some people that's how they justify buying the like zero percent. The calorie difference is like thirty calories. Like we're not talking about a I'm big difference here. No, I'm with you, and I, I. I it, and but, they taste so much better and they fill you up. But I will say, as someone who we have layers and layers and years of years of being told oh, totally. what's healthy and what's not. And it is very hard for me mentally yes. to like break to not just like reach for the light sour cream I, at the grocery store a thousand percent and agree. I, I know it's just all programming yeah and i know it's not like it's also not we were teenagers in the 90s the heyday of low fat disgusting eating do you remember the potato chips made with yes, like that made you make diarrhea you pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Def i definitely Alestra. Alester, that's what yeah. it was called. Mm -hmm. Snack wells. Snack wells. Oh, we had we ate we uh, you ate snack wells by the box. They were disgusting. My dad ate something called frukies, which were fruit fruit cookies, frukies, frukies. He had like high cholesterol, and that's what he like, would eat. What was wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know, but it's not, you know, people are just trying to live their best lives. I get it. And, I, and I now, said that, I said that facetiously. No, no, no. I'm with you. I mean, also in 20 years, is everyone going to be like keto, LOL? You know, it's all, it's, yes. it's every... But you know, it makes me sad when I go to my parents' house and they have skim milk. My dad eats frozen, yo like 0% fat frozen yogurt that tastes like nothing. It's all artificially sweetened. I'm like, this is not actually healthy. 
I don't think so either. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Dory's TED Talk got big skim and why we should all be having more fat in our diets. Well, but I will tell you, like, I want food to be like a joyful, loving mm-hmm. thing that I make and I feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just trying to really reevaluate my relationship and, and like and like dissect the layers. Yeah. Because it's so heavy for me. And, yeah. and I, I'm not I'm I'm sharing this and I don't want to say like a vulnerable way, but I like I. I am not great at it. Like, uh, you know, like I'm, am, I am working hard on my own personal body positivity, but it's yeah. also a real struggle. Yeah. It's really hard. So I, oh, I don't know. For me, I think actually being pregnant has kind of helped with this. It's interesting, right? Yeah. Because for the first time as a woman in our society, I have been given permission by the world to eat whatever I want. Well, and you know what the f- kind of weird thing about being pregnant is, is that I've, I had this conversation so many times where it's like, are you just eating up a storm? Yes, well, I was and just going like, to say, uh-huh. and it's kind of sick. It's sad, The right? way how many women have sort of like, like the look in their eyes is sort of desperate and, and envious of like, what have you been eating? And it's like, this is so sad that like pregnancy is the one time we are, we give ourselves permission to eat what we really want to eat. Well, and then the awful experience I found is that the pressure to somehow change your body back after giving birth to a human is so intense. Like instantaneously. Yeah. Never acknowledging the fact that If you've given birth, either a baby's come out of your vagina or a surgical hole in your body. Mm -hmm. And those are big things to recover from your exhaust. I mean, look, we could we are really on a rip here. (laughs) Who knew we felt so passionately about this? (laughs) Well, (sighs) but anyway, I mean, I think this would actually be an interesting topic for further discussion. Yes, I agree. um, It's hard being a person, Dory. Let's just leave it at that. Let's and let's take a short break. (sighs) Okay. Okay. 
Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just gonna say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. 
Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. So, as promised, yes, we are here to talk about some products. Just kind of revisiting. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the list. We have one in common. We have a couple in common. You don't know it yet, but we do. Wait. The Biosense Squalane. Oh, but that's not on your list. I know. I didn't put it. Well, Dory, when I was packing the bag, (laughs) I made kind of a short list. And then I was in my bathroom packing up my bag of products to bring to your house for this podcast Uh recording. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, can't forget this. Can't forget this. Can't forget this. And so that's how I ended up with approximately 20 pounds of beauty products. Okay. I would say this is a this is about the weight of a one-month-old baby. Mm. So maybe 11 pounds. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I'm obsessed with how much my bag of products weighs, but it's just, uh, it's very hefty. So what's your first product? Okay. So we're not going to go through everything in here. Okay. Because okay, fair. again, there's probably 13 things crammed and we have a couple repeats. So I'll let you talk about some of the faith. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. So here's a new purchase from Target. Great. Kristen S. Mm. Her sea salt air dry spray. People love Kristen S. Who is she? I don't know. She's a lady who makes hair products. Well, look, I was attracted to the sleek bottle and the affordable price. And how much was it? Well, good question. I don't remember, but I remember being like, "Ooh, I want that," and it doesn't feel too expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you complimented me on my hair today. I sure did, and I used this last night. Uh-huh. So this is a, a sea salt spray for texture, um, and I used it in damp hair last night. Last night, I said that very strangely. I used this in damp hair last night. Um, may I? Yes, you may. And then I will tell you a trick I did that I learned from Jackie Johnson of Natch Butte, who I believe you learned it from Jonathan Van Ness. I took my damp to dry hair, put it in a scrunchie, pulled it through, and then pulled it through again so that it was kind of bent, like kind of a really loose mm-hmm, floppy mm-hmm. bun. And I slept like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't dry my hair. This is the only product in it. And it gave my hair like real body yeah, and a wave. I like the wave. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you look great. Um, Dory, here's something I've been using every day. Uh-huh. So Avino very generously sent us some hand 
dry hand care products. Yes. And I will tell you, this is not one of them. I went out and purchased this on my own. Actually, I made my husband get it for me. Um, when he went to go buy Pedialyte for our vomiting child, I was like, also my hands are dry. And he got me this Aveeno skincare hand cream in intense moisture using it every night before bed. Oh, and you, you had not been a hand cream person. No, but I am like newly converted. Now you get it. I see the importance. Mm-hmm. My hands were just feeling so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I really do look forward to the moment at night where I put this on. And I also, I will tell you, sometimes I do it two times. Two times in a row. Oh, wow. Yep. Living on the edge. <laughs> Here's what I'm washing my face with. Okay. Which is a Courtney Chisano recommendation. Uh-huh. Uh, and I actually kind of brought my like morning routine. Okay. And I'll run through that and then I'll switch it over to you. Um, emergencies kombucha cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a oh, I'm passing it to Dory. May I? It's a very just light, gentle face cleanser that I am really into. So you wash your face in the morning. I do. Or I use a um, my micellar water. If I'm really feeling like mm, I need it. It smells boochy. <laughs> Does it? Could you take a sip of it? Boochy, you... boochy, boo. Yeah. So I'm really liking that. Then I'll follow up with like a spritz of toner. I'm using the stuff that uh, our friends on the Breaking Beauty podcast gave us. Oh, yeah. Faced food, mineral mist, or I've been using this Ursa Major spray. And then I use a vitamin C serum also by emergency. Then I follow up with... The Squalane Probiotic Gel Moisturizer, which is also on your list, mm-hmm. by Biosance. Mm-hmm. And then I use a couple drops of the Vintner's Daughter that the very nice people at Vintner's Daughter sent to me. And I love it. Just an added oomph. Two other products I'm really into right now. Then yeah. I'm going to shut my pie hole. Ursa Major Deodorant. Oh, okay. Okay. Look. I will always try and, and they deodorant. sent this to us. Yeah, this was also a scent, not a scent, scented, received, a generously gifted. received, gifted, not purchased. Ursa Major Hop and Fresh deodorant with mint and eucalyptus. I am obsessed with how this smells. Obsessed. Now, I will happily let you smell it, although you might get some whiffs of my own armpits on there. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's just like a clean, delicious scent. I love it. I've been using that every day. Dory, I'm officially into tubing mascara. It took you a minute. I'm never going. I, I, I will say, I did try one of our sponsors, Hourglass, sent us their mascara, and I loved it. But I am now also sucked into the world of tubing mascara because it's so much easier to get off at the end of the day. Mm. And I, based on listener recommendations, bought the L'Oreal Double Extend Beauty Tubes Mascara, and it's great. Oh, okay. Because we had both bought the blink. We both bought the blink. And we were both sort of met on the blink. I felt like by the end of the day, all of it was gone. Mm. But this stays on. Okay. So I am very into it. And then I will say the last thing that I am really loving right now is the Glossier U perfume. Mm. I waited until their November sale. Mm -hmm. And I had purchased this after I had loved a sample. And I wear this every day. I freaking love it. It's a lovely scent. I just think it's so like clean. I feel like it would smell good on anybody. Yeah. It's kind of just works. So that's where I'm at. Okay. This is a lot of stuff. I realize. Uh, I hope I didn't. I'm impressed that you're 
like, I feel like your morning routine is quite elaborate. Do you think? It takes me two seconds. It's just like wash, spritz, serum, moisture, vintners. I don't mm. even know if that's the right order, but mm. I could go vintners, moisture. I kind of, I just kind of make it up as I go along. Do you use a sunscreen? Oh, of course, Dory. Okay. Uh, I just didn't include that because it changes. Like today it was in my primer. Often oh, okay. I use just like a plain sunscreen, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. today it was in this primer that I used. Mm-hmm. So I just went with that. Okay. But always a sunscreen, never without. Okay, good. I just wanted to make that clear. That to me, it's like brushing your teeth. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. So those are my, those are kind of, oh, and can I just say one more thing? Yeah. I have visited Skin Laundry mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I talked about this on our Instagram stories. Uh, per Eva Chen's recommendation, she mentioned it on the pod, and I'm kind of into it. What does it do exactly? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> they <laughs> blast your face with first a laser that goes kind of deep into the cleansing out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then a, an IPL, oh, okay. which is the light, yeah. which I think kind of does like a surface level cleansing. Um, and just for like, they tell me they have people who come like once a week to get this done. The price point for me, I won't, it's not something I can sustain once a week, but I wanted to try it because Eva had mentioned it and it's available in a lot of cities. So I figured like, well, our listeners might this might be an option for them. Why, yeah. don't I, why don't I guinea pig my face? Um, and for me, it does not replace like, I love going to get a full facial. Yeah. And I love seeing Courtney, who's fantastic. So it's not a replacement for that for me, but it is kind of just like a nice boost. I like that. So yes, yeah, so I've been trying that out. Okay. So there you go. That's where I'm at in terms of what I'm into right now. Great. Tell me, take me on your journey. <sighs> so I was similarly inspired by Eva Chen. But not to do skin laundry. (laughs) What path did you go down? I was inspired to buy reusable organic bamboo face pads. Where did you purchase these? On ye old Amazon. Oh, ye old old Amazon. (laughs) Ye old Amazon shopping. (laughs) (laughs) That old country store? Yeah, that old little country store. Mom and pop shop. Yep. Um, No, I had been, you know, I am trying to sort of gradually become less wasteful a journey it is it's hard um and i was like oh i use a lot of cotton rounds now that you say this i'm evaluating how many i use yeah a ton and i was like uh and eva mentioned using reusable ones and i was like let me just try these and see how i like them they're not that expensive i think it was like i don't know 12 to 15 dollars for a pack of like I think they gave you two weeks worth, so and like 14. These are regular size cotton rounds. They're a little bigger. And do you just throw them into the laundry? So they, they send the ones I bought, and I think most of them are like this. They came with a little mesh bag. So I have the bag hanging on like a a drawer pull. <laughs> and whenever I use one, I just drop it in a little baggie. And then I put the, at the end of the week, I put the, la- I put the little baggie in my laundry bag. Could you use one side like in the morning and then flip it and use the other side at night like or is it a one-time use kind of thing or can you get two uses out of it like how my grandmother I, used to use one tea bag i just do cups. one in part because i often use both sides in is this, one go is this a makeup removal tool it's a makeup removal tool um it's a micellar water or someone told us that we were pronouncing this wrong but now i forget how to say it micellar micellar you know what I mean. M water. My cellar. <laughs> Maybe that is how you say Maybe it. Maybe it is. Um, I use it for that. And 
if if I'm wearing particularly like stubborn mascara, sometimes I'll put some eye makeup remover on one, like specific eye makeup remover and and just give it a little go. Um, but I actually really like them and they they wash pretty well. Like um, pretty much everything has come out um, of the pads. That's great. And yeah, and I just feel I'm feeling better about not wasting so much. And it's not like, like, I don't think it's any extra laundry for me to do. It's not like I do a special wash with right, them. Like I just, your water usage. Yeah. Isn't- I just throw them in with the load that I'm doing. Um, so I am a fan. I might have to get some of those. Yeah. I recommend. Um, okay. So wander beauty recently sent us some products. I brought this product in my giant bag. And I am a big fan of their On The Glow Blush and Illuminator. This is that like stick thing, right? It is a stick. It's great. On one side, it is a blush, like a like a stick cream. It's not exactly a cream because it's in a stick. Um, I think you could call it a... It's a hard cream. It's a hard cream, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not the official blush, term. And then the other side is more of like an illuminator. And it illumines. It's gorgeous. It illuminates. Um, I really like it. I had been using the product from the company that rhymes with Bossier <laughs> that everyone loves that I like, but I actually like this better. I really like this too. Yeah. And I, I was using the milk highlighter mm-hmm. which i'm a big fan of but mm-hmm. this is nice yeah and their stuff doesn't have like parabens or phthalates or any of that and the crap. size of it is yes. great like just the um that sounds so weird but like the way it fits in your hand mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah i'm i'm a i'm a big fan um so you know i didn't list as many products as you because i feel like i don't try as many products as you and a lot of the stuff that I feel like I've I've talked about before is stuff that I'm still using. I tend to kind of really, you know, I'm in, I'm, what's the word? Polyamorous with my products? That's fine. You tend to be more monogamous. I am a serial monogamist. When it comes to skincare. When skin it comes care. to skincare. So, you know, my morning routine is... The, still the CoQ10 serum. Is it really? Yeah, I still use it. Fascinating. I will occasionally use a vitamin C serum as well. Like I got the Mad Hippie vitamin C serum and I like it. But it's not a regular, you're not a vitamin C everyday person. I'm not a vitamin C everyday. I would like to use more vitamin C. And I was actually, <clears throat> I had been thinking recently that I might start layering like I might put the vitamin C on first, let it really soak in and then put the CoQ10 on over it. Is there a science to like the timing of things? Like, are you supposed to let stuff soak for a few minutes into your skin? <sighs> um, I think there are like different schools of thought on this. We can ask an expert. Yeah, I believe for certain things. Yes. And I think for other things, it doesn't matter. Like I think when you're putting on moisturizer and oil, you can like mix them. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you like let one sit, sink into your skin. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I, then this is actually relatively new. I did start using the Biosance squalane and probiotic gel moisturizer, which was recommended to both of us by former forever 35 guest and Emily? friend of the pod, Emily Gould. Yes, thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Um, 
I will in my gym bag, I have a little travel size of the Dr. Jart water gel, which is what I'd been using prior to getting the Biosance, which I still like, but the Biosance has, it's a little like cleaner, um, doesn't use quite as many. The Dr. Jart is not as clean beauty as, as you would kind of want it to be. I like their products, but it has, it still has some stuff in it. Um, and then on top of that, and this is something that I mentioned once in a newsletter, but Uh I don't believe I've talked about it on the podcast. It has a Japanese sunscreen. I want this. Biore UV Aqua Rich Watery Essence SPF 50 plus slash PA plus 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 plus. That is official. It's great sunscreen. It's really good sunscreen. Oh, you're emphatic. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like I've tried a lot of sunscreens. Yeah. I was into the Misha sunscreen for a while, and I think this Biore stuff blows it out of the water. Well, hello. It goes on really smoothly. I think the sun protection is better. It's great. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it a few other places. It's a little hard to find, though, um, because it's not generally sold. Like, it's only imported, kind of. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, but it's not that expensive. And I really, really, really like it. So that's that's my third my third product in the morning. I don't wash my face in the morning. I stopped washing my face in the morning. You micellar water it with your no. bamboo. Oh. I do nothing. You do nothing. Mm-hmm. Now that is cool. So you just put on moisturizer and sunscreen in the morning? I put on or CoQ10. CoQ10 moisturizer sunscreen. If I shower in the morning, I'll like splash some water on my face, but I don't, I usually don't wash it because I think that it was drying out my face. You might be right. So your skin looks fantastic. Why? Thank you. Um, excuse me. So the other thing that I'm just going to mention, let's just say it, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and say it. My husband got me a very generous and thoughtful present for Christmas. He really listened. He really listened to when I had said months ago that I was intrigued by the Dyson hairdryer, but I would never, I could never bring myself to spend $399 oh my God. Oh my God. on a hairdryer because that's insane. Does that come with a lifetime warranty? It should come with like, <laughs> like it should also vacuum. Yes. Like it should do like 10 other things, but in fact, it only dries your hair. Um, and so for Christmas, he was like, well, I remembered you said that, that you know, that was never something you would get for yourself. So wowie zowie, I got it for you. And I was like, oh, there are good men in the world. Yeah, you married one. Um, this hairdryer is pretty great. I'm not going to lie. What makes it stand out from an average hairdryer, in your opinion, in your expert opinion as a person with hair? Look, I'm no product engineer. I don't know how they do it. But there's something about the way the air is sort of concentrated and blasted onto your hair that just, like, it dries it quicker. It dries it more smoothly. It comes with three different attachments. So one is for like general styling. One is for like very 
directed styling and then one is a diffuser hmm. um and it has three speeds and three temperatures and then you can also have it blast cold air i think it's a really good product so if someone is a hair hair fan like a person who's really invested in yes hair care products. and i should also say i tried the revlon my lover yes that so many people love I could not get it to work for me. Yeah. I felt like it made my hair look flat. It just, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me. With the Dyson, it's not, you don't have an attached brush. So you're, you still have to use your own brush. So I use a round brush, but I really feel like it gives me like blowout. Like it's like I went to dry bar. Which is a blowout hair salon. Which is a blowout hair salon. I used it for the first time when we went, I brought it to Las Vegas when we went there over the holidays. Well, it's also like, it's it's tiny. It's not yeah, a it's huge, small. like, you know, we're used to these like giant, yeah. you know, VHS video camera style totally. hair dryers. Totally. Um, so look, all I'm saying is if you have the means, if you get, maybe you get a lot of blowouts and you think, oh, actually, I could probably do this myself. You can. I mean, some people do blow dry their, you know, that that is a part of their routine, their yeah, hair routine. Totally. Yeah. Um. So I I endorse I endorse this hair dryer. We had we did have a lot of listeners write in asking if you ever got it. So it is exciting that you actually did. I did, and and I yeah, I it was a very I was I was very surprised by this. I was genuinely surprised. Were you by this really? Gift. Yes. I, I had no idea who was going to buy this for me. I mean, what, a, what an indulgence. I also just like to have a partner pay attention to the hair dryer you want. That's a, that's a, and to like good remember that. Yeah. He does listen. Good work. Good job, Matt. Matt. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> Dory, it's fun to hear what kind of catch up on our products. Yeah. And I've also, missed this. I have to, <laughs> I have to. <laughs> But also just to know, like, you have found what's working for you. I pretty much have, I think. You know, I will switch things up occasionally. Um, but, like, in general, I feel like I've found what's working for me. You know what I had been thinking? Um, I had used up all of my Biologique Recherche products. Whoa. Did you make a different choice? And I didn't rebuy them, in part because... You can't use P50 when you're pregnant. Right. And that's kind of the cornerstone of the Biologie Grecherche. But I'm finding myself missing their serum. Oh, interesting. And I might go back and buy some more of their serum. Can you use the serum when yes, pregnant? you can. It's interesting that that's what you miss because you've been such an ambassador for P50. I know. And now I'm like, you know, I think the serum was actually also really good. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's also possible that back in the day I was using P50 too much. I was using it like every day, which I think is too much. I think I was over exfoliating. Well, you know, just putting that out there. It's all right. We okay. all do things. We all we all over exfoliate something once in a while. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Should we take a short break? Let's do it. Okay. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness 
story. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Our guest today is Anne Helen Peterson. Welcome. I'm going to call you, even though I call you Annie, I'm going to call you Anne Helen for the purposes of this interview. Okay. All right. That's okay. okay. <laughs> it's going to be weird, but I'll get over it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Anne Helen Peterson is an author and senior culture writer for BuzzFeed News, where she writes about culture, celebrity, and feminism. She received her PhD from the University of Texas and is the author of Scandals of Classic Hollywood and Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud. She is based in Missoula, Montana. Welcome, Anne Helen. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like I'm talking to celebrities, like all of my <laughs> friends, my age. They're like, do you know this podcast Forever 35? And I'm like, I do. I do know Aww. this podcast. <laughs> That's very, nice. very flattering. Um, well, you have been a requested guest for a while. So you're definitely on our list, but you kind of vaulted to the top of our list with an article that has gone mega vi as whoa is that what they say that's now, what Dory? they say it well that's that's what we say we said at buzzfeed mega vi mega vi <laughs> <laughs> um called how millennials became the burnout generation um which was really trenchantly observed and thoughtful and uh, made a big impact and, and then quickly followed up by another piece that included quotes from different readers who had written into you called Here's What Millennial Burnout is Like for 16 Different People, which I thought was incredibly informative and a great follow up to your original piece. Yeah, I, you know, I'm intended the, the essay to be like kind of a personal essay, you know, not to be the phenomenon that became like I, I really felt like oh I think this would be kind of well you know because millennials are a part of demographic 
Um, but I think that when it did get bigger, like one of the things that I immediately wanted to do was try to like decenter my white middle class bourgeois experience as like the millennial experience because obviously that's how a lot of talk about millennials has been for so long is really based on like white middle class people and the experiences are so broad. But one thing about like talking about burnout that struck me, like the responses that I received is they have cut across class and race lines and mm. all sorts of other things. People are like, this absolutely articulates what I'm feeling. Like here's specific ways in which it works a little differently for me, but like you hit like the, the you know, you went straight down the middle with us and that gives us the beginning of the conversation that we continue to have. So for people who haven't read the article, do you want to just kind of give a quick backgrounder on, on what you talk about? Yeah, totally. Uh, basically, in around like late November of last year, I was trying to figure out why there were these tasks that were on the bottom of my to-do list. Really pretty simple tasks. Like the ones that I keep talking about are like I bring my knives to get sharpened, bring my shoes to the cobbler, um, and like mail a package and respond to a couple of emails from like people who I really like in my inbox. And I just could not bring myself to do them. Mm-hmm. Like I was being very efficient in these other parts of my life and I could not get that bottom half of my to to do list done. Yeah. And, and so can I just say ahead, like as someone who has been your editor and been your colleague, <laughs> it was very it was very interesting for me to read this because this is not at all how I perceive you, which is, you you know, you go into this in the piece, but, um, you know, you've always been so hardworking and so focused. And so it was fascinating for me to kind of see this other side of you that seemed totally different. And yet, as you point out, is connected to your sort of type A, very driven um, personality. Yes, totally. So what happened, and I think this is what a lot of people um, are responding to is that like I was giving my very best and most focused self to work, right? Like work is always the number one thing. <laughs> like goes over into all of these other quadrants of my life is trying to optimize myself to do my very best work for work. Um, and so as I was trying, I was originally I was going to just write an essay about like Aaron paralysis, like trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And as I read more and talked to people who. Uh, you know, try, like know things about this sort of thing, like psychologists and, and people who actually work on burnout. I was like, oh, I, I think I have burnout. And I had very adamantly denied that I had burnout because to me, the way I had thought of burnout was like, after you work really, really hard for a little while, like you get to this pinnacle of burnout and then you collapse and then you have to like go through recovery that usually involves like, going to a beach. <laughs> and then you can go work again. Right. right? Have your, have your and, pray love experience. Yes. And to me, because I was still working and I felt fine and putting them air quotes, like I couldn't have burnout. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I had taken some time. Like I had like after the election was, I had been doing a lot of political reporting. I had like taken a couple of days off and that sort of thing. But, um, it just became clear to me. I was like, oh, maybe I'm thinking about this entirely the wrong way, which is burnout isn't like something that you go to and recover from. It's more like my baseline experience and all the things that are creating that baseline experience 
are things that are very shared with other people in my generation and like with people on kind of the, the edges of our generation, as Story has called it, the Generation Catalano. Um, so I just started reading a lot about burnout then and then like figuring out all of the different things. Usually my, my story is kind of like the through line that had taught me both as a child and a teen and a student and a grad student especially how um, I should be working all the time and constantly optimizing myself and and also just kind of thinking of my whole life as a to-do list and then how just dispiriting that is. Like, it just feels really sad and flat and but maybe if I start thinking of it differently, right, like I don't have a solution but maybe if I actually recognize the condition as burnout, like as my base temperature, then I can start to make some decisions that maybe make me feel like more of a human. Oh, um, I mean, it really resonated with me personally because, you know, I left BuzzFeed almost a year ago mm-hmm. and I knew that I was unhappy for a long time, but it took me mm-hmm. a really long time to realize that I was actually burned out. And it, for me, it manifested in kind of work paralysis. Like I would stare at the computer and be like, "Uh, I, I, what, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? And that was, that was a scary feeling for me because I, that I'd never had that experience before. I was like, what is happening? Um, and, but I think I was actually just burned out. And then when I left, it did feel like, oh, this weight had kind of been lifted. Um, how, how long did it take you, though, to feel like that? To feel like the weight had been lifted? Yeah, yeah. Probably a couple months. Yeah. And I and at first, I kind of channeled every... Like, I reorganized my office. And, you know, I kind of channeled that energy into these, like, mega productive, quote-unquote, tasks um, because I needed to stay productive. Um. And it was just, it was just really interesting to read your piece kind of in light of my own experience. Yeah. And I think that like, especially for us as writers, you, you need to like constantly try be trying to find your next story. Yes. There's this misconception that I think a lot of people have about writers and reporters, which is that like our editors are constantly telling us what to write about. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the emphasis is much more on us to like find the next thing. And in order to do that, you have to be interested in things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and like, so I think that we, and I had that same experience kind of post-election. I was like, I don't know what to be interested in. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's very frightening, really. Um, and I think that there's oftentimes, and people have told me this in their feedback, like, you're kind of, you're like, am I depressed? Like, mm-hmm. am I, <laughs> you totally. know, what is it? What, what am I failing at? And I think that, like, sometimes it's hard for us as Americans, especially, like, just with the the cult of individualism and how we oftentimes think of problems as our own fault instead of the result of, like, outside factors or systemic yeah. factors. It's just hard to think of it as something that might, you know, it's not a personal failing. Can Can we talk a little bit about the relationship between social media and burnout because that was a really interesting point I think you brought up that resonated with me personally about how 
watching other people, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you watching others live their seemingly cool, passionate, worthwhile lives online. And while we know it's not real, we still are judging our lives against them. And it's, and it does seem like, you know, I've, I've gone through um, a burnout experience before both career wise and as a parent. And it does seem like most of the people that we're looking at online, whether they're our peers or like an influencer with 200,000 followers are existing in a space where burnout does, is not part of their yes. lives. <laughs> so, yes. and it only just yeah. kind of contributes to making you feel, um, not just more, um, I mean, I, I've experienced this depression, but also why am I this way? And I, I'm curious what you kind of found um, about that relationship between social media and people going through a burnout experience. Yeah, I feel like I've never seen, or I rarely see people who are writing about social media um, and criticizing it or criticizing the relationship or even just talking about dynamics. I feel like they've never really actually um, pinpointed what is so sad about a lot of our relationship with social media, which isn't that like, I don't go through and I'm not like, Oh my God, like Dory has the best clothes. Like I want Dory's clothes. I mean, I do want Dory's clothes, but you know what I mean? It's not that like simple aspirational component of, of objects. To me, it's more holistic life. So like sometimes like I have a friend who sometimes will comment like I want your life <laughs> on on Instagrams of mine. And what you're expressing is that appearance of balance, right? That appearance of you work hard and you play hard. Like mm-hmm. you spend time outside and you spend time with your kids. Like that performance of balancing and lack of burnout is what seems really aspirational. For me, like the thing that always would make me sad when I scroll was like other people spend more time with their friends than I do, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even just, oh, I wish I had friends. Like, I do have friends. It's more, I've been working too hard and too intensely to, like, take out this time to spend with my friends. But then there's also, too, and I think this gets to, like, the thing about influencers, that oftentimes we get in this trap of, like, Am I enjoying this or am I pretending to enjoy this for the Instagram? Like, do I want to go to this place or do I want to take a photo of it so I can show that I've been to this place? Which sucks the joy out of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very confusing experience right now with uh, social media kind of influencing how we lead our lives. And I think you, you bring up this point again, about like the aspirational boxes of domestic work and how like you said, mm-hmm. outings should be experiences, food should be healthy and homemade and fun, you know, bodies should be sculpted, like just this experience that even these things that are like, you know, chores, they still should be like fun and meaningful for everybody and for our kids. And, and it just, but it's, it's not really that way for most people in their actual lives. And it hasn't yeah. been that way Never. in previous generations. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, if I think about, like, how much work a lot of the parents I know take in trying to make, like, meaningful experiences for their kids, like, mostly my mom just, like, pushed me outside and was like, go make meaning yourself, <laughs> you know? Like, she wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't so much of this, like, feeling that you had to, like, continue to have magical experiences with their kids like the thing about when you plan something is that the magic gets sucked out of it a lot of times um but in order to make the thing happen to make things happen in our lives 
we're so overworked and we're so overscheduled. Like you have to schedule things that would otherwise hopefully would be spontaneous. So whether that's fun or fun with kids or sex or whatever. Well, and I think you make a good point that the kind of self-care industry only contributes to this feeling of of burnout. Like if I don't use my one of the many meditation apps that are offered to me, let's say, then I'm not <laughs> successfully <laughs> relaxing or self-caring or, you know, trying to help myself. Yeah. Or when self-care yeah. becomes just another thing you have to check off on your to-do list. Like yeah. or perform yeah, for social perform. media. Yeah. I mean, we, we feel <laughs> yeah. this. We feel it. Yeah. And dare we say we do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you have the paragraph in your piece about um, how our personal spaces should be optimized just as one self and career and that much of self-care isn't care at all is, is really true. And I think that's something right. that we've, you know, we've wrestled with on the podcast too. Um, yeah. So, well, and I think like you, this is why I like the, the Facebook group so much is because I think people are really, uh, you know, they're always kind of self-interrogating this idea. Um, and, and for me personally, like I discovered serum like everyone else in the last two years, but like, and my skin has never been clear, but at the same time now I'm like, because I use drunk elephant and I'm like, I just need to find replacements for my drunk elephant. But like, so I feel pressure to find cheaper replacements, but like, do I care that much about my face? Like I just, you know, like there's that tension of like, do I actually need to spend money? Like, am I going to feel guilty if, if I get this, if I stop right. using front elephant? Right. Like I have, I have optimized my face. So now I need to continue to optimize it forever. Right. And then there's this pressure of like, you always want better skin, no matter how good your yeah. skin is. It's like, well, I could be more glowy. I could, you know, and, and it's like, yeah. when does it end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent my entire adult, my entire teen and adult life, like grappling with acne. Like I should be freaking thrilled that I don't have this right now. And instead I'm like, well, I need to get some rid of some of those age spots. Like what's the <laughs> next thing I need to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. It just feels like, you're eternally striving for this ideal that doesn't actually exist or maybe yeah. only exists in like on Gwyneth Paltrow. And if you never reach like completion, there's not catharsis. Yes. And that that's like so many things in our lives, right? Like you never finish reading the news. Like it's not like you finish, like our parents used to read newspapers, right? Like, and you would finish the news and then you'd be like, Oh, I read the newspaper. Right. Right. You (laughs) do it again tomorrow. Well, it's also like our, like the endless scroll of the internet has taken over our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Like our lives are an endless scroll. (laughs) Yes. Like I'm never going (laughs) to actually, so I have an account for an Instagram account for my dog. And, uh, she only follows two people, me and my partner. So when I'm on her Instagram account, very often it will say, you've seen all the posts, right? Wow. And yeah. I'm like, wow, amazing. Like there is an end. Totally. <laughs> you know? Like, totally. <laughs> um, I was, it feels great. I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about some of the experiences that people shared with you, um, especially people in marginalized communities, because I do feel like, you know, all three of us talking identify as I'm I'm making assumptions here, but hetero, you know, cis, straight, white women. And Mm -hmm. I do think that the experience of burnout um, is different for people of color, for lesbian, transgender, bisexual, queer, 
people. So I'm I'm curious, immigrants. So I'm curious, what kind of what kind of feedback have you gotten, and um, what kind of stories have people shared that you know that differ from ours as as white ladies? Yeah, I think that like so, if we think of this burnout as just like the weight of living in society, right? Um, and if you think like, yes, of course, it's hard for me right now as like an able-bodied white straight person. Um, and then you add in the things that like just an everyday awareness of like, okay, so I think I'm tired. Like what if you know, as a disabled person, you also had to just like battle your body every single day to try to do the things on your mm-hmm. to-do list. And that when you are most efficient, when you're doing the most, oftentimes that's also the worst for your body and the worst for your, your health, right? Because right. like doing more as a disabled person is actually worse. So you have that like extra thing <laughs> on top of everything else. Or like we just published another follow-up piece on BuzzFeed by this woman named Kiana Clark. And she writes about like, what, you know, if you think like the weight of commuting, right? And that's hard for you maybe as a white person, but like as a black woman or as a black man, like every time I get in the car, I'm thinking about, I don't want to get pulled over because I don't know what the interaction with the police is going to be like. So that additional mental load of navigating America as a person of color, as a queer person, as a disabled person, like that just adds on to that incredible labor of just surviving every day. I thought um, this one person wrote in and again, I'm quoting, they said, as a first generation immigrant, the burnout is hell sometimes on top of everything else. You have this constant guilt of never being enough for this country. So you have to excel. You have to constantly prove yourself as a worthy person to be here and occupy space. Um, And that just really resonated with me and stuck out to me. Yeah, just like trying to think of like, you know, not just disappointed, like I'm, you know, you're. I'm trying not to disappoint my parents or my partner or my bosses, that sort of thing. But I'm not thinking of like, you know, no one's going to tell me, oh, you don't deserve to be in this country because you're not working hard mm-hmm. enough. Right. Yeah. Um, no one's going to judge me my entire race because of my behaviors, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's a lot. And I think that like it's one of those things where like I don't think a burnout Olympics is like <laughs> is is useful um, but at the same time you can still like really work to recognize the ways in which it works differently without mm-hmm. discounting like that doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing burnout acknowledging right. how other people's burnout is different right and what do you think we can do individually and kind of culturally to make a shift yeah, I mean, the original capitalism this is like the go-to. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think <laughs> working on it. <laughs> apart from that, one of the things that people have told me in their feedback and that I have experienced as well is that even just giving a name to it is incredibly liberating. Yeah. Um, it just like it lifts the shame when you feel like you have a diagnosis for why you felt the way that you do, because there is this disconnect of like, we should be happy, right? Like this is what a lot of things in our lives tell us is like, life is good. Like the economy isn't bad right now, but then why is there such a distance between how people are saying I should be experiencing the world and how I actually feel every day experiencing the world. And so I think it's when you can give a name for that, like Melez, 
it's really useful. And it, and it also, like, the thing people have said is, like, I feel seen or I feel less alone. And so that doesn't mean that, like, it's, like, excusing your behavior, if that makes sense. It's more that it's, like, trying to make sense of why you're behaving the way that you do. And when you do, you it's, like, suddenly it's, like, a weight lifted. It's like, I brought my shoes to the cobbler yesterday because it's not a difficult task. I just wasn't like ashamed of it anymore. How are you implementing these things into your own life? Well, I think that, like I said before, there are things that were just very clarifying and giving it a name that liberated me to do the things that I, that I really did want to do. Um, and then another like small thing that I'm doing is just turning off, the internet before I enter the bedroom so I mm-hmm. just put my phone on airplane mode and that forces I just read instead like read a, an actual physical book and not to try to win the book Olympics but in order to just like be with a text like have no other distractions yeah. or anything and it feels great like it just feels very like wholesome the wrong word it, it feels grounding mm-hmm. um, so that's just like a small thing I don't know what do you have you guys thought of anything I mean, that is, I think that's been a big thing for both of us. I don't keep my phone in my room, in my bedroom. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But reading at night, I mean, I'm not participating on Twitter anymore. And that's been so helpful. Wow. That is really, that's really great. <laughs> I, I almost, but I was, I, if Twitter, it felt like I was starting to lose my, my mind. I don't, I don't know how, yeah. to, I was so addicted to it and it was so unhealthy and I, and everything made me feel horrible about myself. And I, and I, and I couldn't quit it on my own. Like I've, I've said this a lot on the podcast, but I had to give my husband my login info and have him change my password because even removing it from my phone, I would still be on it constantly on my computer. So anyway, that's helped, but I could still probably do that with every other social media app that right. exists. <laughs> and yet I right. can't. <laughs> right. You know, and like, you know, there are things that I talk about in the piece that like, I'm like, these things won't solve your burnout. But I do think that implementing some of them, like, they will help, right? Like, so things like having a timer on Instagram, like, makes me mm-hmm. alert of the fact that, it, oh, I spent 15 minutes. Because I don't want to spend more than 15 minutes on Instagram. So yeah. it's just, like, a nice little reminder. It's like, you know, you did this right already. Um, I just turned that on. Like, I just turned yeah. that on on my phone, like, the the limiting the screen time on, on apps. Um, and it is oh, really is- helpful. Does it like, does it turn? What I wanted to do is it to like disappear the app when I'm trying to turn them on. So it, I think you might be able to set it. I have it set by category. So I have a limit on social media. Um, And then once you exceed that limit, the app gets kind of like grayed out and a little like uh, hourglass timer thing shows up. And when you click on it, it says like, you've ex- said something like you've exceeded your limit and you can click ignore limit. And when you hit ignore limit, it gives you the option, remind me in 15 minutes or ignore limit for the rest of the day. And so what I've been doing is clicking remind me in 15 minutes and that, and when I get reminded, I'm like, okay, now, you know, I'll go off of it. At least like, at least I'm, I'm more mindful of it, you know? Yeah, Totally. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, when I say, like, that the Headspace app is not going to cure your mindfulness, like, I actually do think that meditating is really helpful. Um, but the problem is, is when we t- think of it purely as, like, how can 
spending five minutes with this app makes me more focused on my work during the day, then it's kind of missing the point, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I kind of satirize in my novel that yeah, these startups totally. are just using meditation to like make their workers more productive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, even like, um, there's just small things in the workplace that are all meant, and you know this from BuzzFeed, like all meant to actually just make us more productive. Like, oh, they cater lunch to the office. Yeah. That's not because they like love us. Totally. <laughs> totally. Then we'll have our sad death lunches yeah. and work more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, Anne Helen, this has been a joy. Yeah, thank you for putting <laughs> in, into word and text what so many of us have been struggling with. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, they can find me on Twitter. <laughs> they can find me on Twitter. Um, and I usually actually don't broadcast this to large groups of people, um, but because the Forever 35 audience my kind of audience. I also have a Facebook group that is called Celebrity Gossip Academic Style and I have been running it for about 10 years and it is mostly like it's not just Celebrity Gossip Academic Style anymore. It is just kind of cultural commentary and conversation and it it rivals the Forever 35 Facebook group as like one of my favorite non-toxic places on the internet. Oh. So it's not, um, not private. You can just find it and join it. And we're there. I can endorse it also. It's a great group. Oh, I'm on Facebook right now looking yeah. it up. So <laughs> yeah, we didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even touch on your, your whole life as a, as a academic, as an academic and an analyzer <laughs> of celebrity gossip. So we'll have to have you back. Yeah. Please come back to talk about celebrity gossip <laughs> and yes. self care. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks again. And thank you. Give Peggy our best. I will. Three leg pegs. She's on Instagram too. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, all thank right. you guys so much. This was a pleasure. This yes. was my best interview. All right. Oh, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Okay. Thanks. Bye. So, Dory. Yes, Kate. Last week, you and your intention were really focused on this purge situation. Oh, yes, I was focused. And following through with it. Yes. Well, my my specific intention was that I wasn't going to keep things around because I thought I might sell them, that I was going to put a time limit on the stuff. And how did that go? Did you do that? So it's going well. Um, I sold a bunch of stuff. I still have a pile of things that I'm going to try and I'm there. I'm going to do like one more round of trying to sell some stuff and then it's going. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I donated, like I donated a lot of stuff that I think in the past I would have tried to hold on to and sell. So good. Yeah. We'll go to good use. Thank you. Um, are you feeling rested? I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. I, I have been much better about getting back into my healthy sleep habits. Mm. My bedtime routine is going great. I've actually been using my travel humidifier on my bedside table. Ooh. You know, I brought my travel humidifier, humidifier to Vegas. I brought mine on to Palm Springs recently. It's, it's the best. It's the best. It is truly the best. Yeah. And it's a great... Like if you don't want to have the huge like dripping humidifier spilling all over your bedroom, mm-hmm. just having it right there on your bedside table. I put it, I fill it every night 
it's the easiest. Yeah. So I, I do feel like my bedtime routine has improved. My sleep has kind of been kooky. Oh. I told you I had a weird dream about you the other night. Yeah, you sure did. Um, but you know what? I mean, there were other people in the dream. Yeah, it wasn't just you. No. It'll all fall into place. Of characters. Oh, man. There were just people making appearances <laughs> left and right. That ex-boyfriend uh, showed up. Um, but I am feeling much better about like really like at 10 o'clock, I'm winding down. I'm washing my face. Good. I'm getting in bed and reading. And it's been like lights out at 11. So I feel good. Anyway, this week. Yeah. What are you up to this week? It's the most basic that I'm almost embarrassed by it. I am really bad at putting my clothes away. Mm-hmm. I am a almost 40-year-old woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has piles of clothes on the floor like I'm a teenager. Mm. And not only does it like contribute to just the feeling of clutter and it's messy and it's not taking good care of the things that I own, it also like is not a good example for my kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I want them to treat their things with respect. Yeah. And I want them to take care of their spaces and I'm not doing it. And I hate putting away laundry. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then, of course, when I do it, it takes like 10 minutes. And I'm like, why did I wait six days to put this pile of jeans away? Last night, I made myself do it. And it felt great. And my bedroom was like noticeably cleaner. So I just feel like... What a great feeling. Maybe at the end of the day, if I dedicated five minutes or something, I, I just want to implement like keeping a tidier space and starting with... The very basic task of picking my clothes up off the floor. I think you can do it. I have faith in myself. Let's see where I am in a week. Okay. How about you? Well, I think you kind of inspired me. I go on. I mean, in many ways. Oh, obviously. <laughs> um, but one of the ways in which you've inspired me is I think I need to, I would like to meal plan. Like this week, I want a meal plan feels good to cook. It's so much easier now that we have a dishwasher. Um, the first couple of weeks we had it, I was like feeling weird about running it more than once a week. I was like, this, once is, a week? this is wasteful. You have to understand, we're only two people. Fair, fair, fair. Matt yep. hardly eats at home. That's fair. So I was like, Whoa. but now I'm like, oh, I can run it more than once Do a week. Do you have an eco button on your dishwasher too that kind of uses I less I set water? it on auto, like auto sense whatever like it's supposed to sense how dirty and oh. how and how full the dishwasher is wow, and like an adjust accordingly um so i set it on that it seems to work great um so yeah so it's not like i'm running it every day but twice a week i think is <laughs> is reasonable um and it really helps with cleanup when you actually cook turns out isn't it shocking how amazing they are? It's like, I mean, I knew that they were great, but now I'm like, oh, this is this is so much nicer. I know, it's hard. Once you go dishwasher, it's hard to go back. Totally. Like- so I think I'm I'm just feeling more motivated to meal plan and and I do feel better when I cook and I feel better when I eat home cooked food. And so Do you have any recipes that you want to put on the agenda? Or any meals that you want to make? <sighs> um well I might make some of the meals that I talked about last week. They all sounded Excellent. Why, thank you. I think another challenge is not overcooking too much stuff. And I don't mean like cooking meat too long. I mean, cooking like a bit like a huge vat of something because I'm usually the only one eating it. And then it goes to waste. And then it's like, okay, if I unless I want to be eating this for lunch and dinner for the next four days, I probably don't need this massive pot of 
chilly or whatever. Totally. So I need to sort of like regulate and figure out what is realistic for me to actually be eating. Um, so, you know, I'll take a little adjusting, but I think I think I got this. Oh, you definitely do. You're a great cook. Oh, thank you. Everything you always make when we bring our lunches to meetings or to recordings always looks so good. Oh, you were eating a noodle thanks. thing today that looked very tasty. Oh, I thank you. <sighs> Mm, that brings it. us to the end. That brings us to our closing size. Indeed. Ah. <sighs> um, just a reminder that you can call us on our voicemail number, 781-591-0390. Leave us a voicemail for a mini episode. Our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can always join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast using the password serums and if you like the show please leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts and tell a friend you can mention us on the social media outlet of your choice as well we will greatly appreciate it and a friendly reminder all products mentioned here on this podcast are always listed on our website forever35podcast.com including what we talked about today and you can follow us on instagram at forever35podcast and on twitter at forever35pod and forever35 is hosted and produced by dory shafrier me and kate spencer me you. and produced and edited by sammy junio and lane hammer is our assistant thanks so much for listening have a great week bye Hey there, before we let you go, we wanted to remind you that our friends at prettylitter.com are offering listeners 20% off your first order with the promo code FOREVER. 35. Pretty Litter gets shipped right to your door in a small, lightweight bag, and it will last you the entire month. They're super convenient. It has next-level odor control, and they don't use dusty clay. It's super absorbent crystals that trap and conceal odor with little to no mess. Again, to get 20% off your first order of Pretty Litter, go to prettylitter.com and enter promo code FOREVER35. That's prettylitter.com, promo code FOREVER35.